Before I begin the readings, a note in the bulletin, we'll remain seated for both the readings, for the reading from Malachi and a longer reading this evening from the Gospel of St. Luke. I would rather you be focusing carefully on the words and not how long the reading is, since it's a little longer than usual. Our first reading from Malachi chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. For behold, the day is coming like a burning oven, when all the arrogant and evildoers will be stubble. That day is coming, and it shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. And behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before that great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. While some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, Teacher, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said, See that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified. For these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. And then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes in various places, famines and pestilences. There will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it, therefore, in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents, and brothers, and relatives, and friends, and some of you will be put to death. You'll be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are on the inside of the city depart. Let not those who are out in the country enter it. For these are days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. Alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days... 
for there will be great distress upon the earth and wrath against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations. Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and of the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. See also when you see these things taking place that you know the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of the Lord praise to you, O Christ. This, in the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. I'd like to reread a few verses from that first lesson of the prophet Malachi. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. In our gospel lesson, that long lesson from Luke chapter 24, Jesus prophesied the destruction of the temple as well as the ultimate end of the world. The Jewish people certainly did not want to hear about the destruction of the temple. It was one of the things that would get Jesus put on the cross. But the Gentiles as well, no one wants to hear about the end of the world. We know this world is a created world. It had a beginning. And God's word also tells us it will have an ending because everything in between is so obviously also messed up. But God did not leave us without hope, and he, as we will hear from this great prophet Malachi, certainly gives us that hope and that faith, and he shows us how to live in the meantime, always being ready for the end of all things. A few words to begin with about this prophet Malachi. I think Probably some of the younger students in our Bible studies, when they hear that word Malachi, they think, wow, after memorizing all the books of the Bible, I finally got to that last one. 
And we don't usually preach very often from this prophet, but it's a very important prophet who has a lot to say about the Messiah. What do you think of when you hear the word prophet? Think of a man with a long beard and a staff standing out above a bunch of people and yelling out threats against them. If that's the image that comes to your mind when you hear of a prophet, it's really not too far off the mark, actually. The prophets from Moses to Malachi were certainly prophets of judgment. They were also, if people will listen closely, prophets of salvation, prophets of the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus. The name Malachi means messenger. And all before Malachi and all after, especially John the Baptist and Jesus, were messengers of God's warnings against sin, of God's promises of salvation, and God's gift of holy living by faith now. So when you look at the prophet Malachi, you can see that he rails about two really bad things that were happening in his day in Israel. They also correspond to our day as well. These are the same kinds of sins that we all struggle with. And the two categories here would be, on the one hand, irreverent worship, and on the other hand, faithlessness in relationships. You might want to jot those two phrases down in your notes, irreverent worship and faithlessness in worship, in in relationships. He says in chapter 1, a son honors his father, a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? If I am the master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts. You see, what the people of Israel were doing at this time, even after the temple, having once been destroyed, was recently rebuilt, even then they were so quickly falling back into their old ways of irreverent worship. They were bringing blemish, diseased, blind, stolen animals to be used as their sacrifices in the temple. They were avoiding confession of their sins. They were avoiding the real meaning of the sacrifice, forgiveness of sins. And they were avoiding the holy living that that forgiveness was meant to inspire. And so today also we have the same temptation to avoid the confession of our sins, the sacrifice of Christ, the cross, and also the call to holy living that he has given to us. It's easy for worship to become tradition, for tradition's sake, mood, music, a time of mind-wandering detachment, or maybe even internet-browsing obsessiveness. If we come to worship for our pleasure rather than God's pleasure, then we are falling into the same trap as they. Malachi also speaks of the problem of faithfulness in relationships. Listen to his words from the second chapter. Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers? And a few verses later, did he not make them, that is, man and wife, one? 
with a portion of the Spirit in their union. And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So guard yourselves in your spirit, and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. Malachi was concerned about the relationships that we have with one another, beginning with the most important relationship of marriage. Noting that the people of Israel, just as we see so often today, the common currency of relationships is so often manipulation and deceitfulness and lying. M. Scott Peck, the author of the book People of the Lie, said, where there is evil, there is a lie around. Faithlessness so often becomes the real way of life when that life is disconnected from the faithfulness of God. We heed these warnings that Malachi lays out for us. Even as I speak of them, it creates guilt in your heart, guilt in my heart. But for Christians, guilt is, not a good, is, is actually a good thing. And it's not something we want to avoid. More about that in just a minute. Nevertheless, the world around us rejects this prophet Malachi. It lives with a lack of reverence and faithlessness in relationships. Because people think that they do a few things good, that somehow in their minds means everything else must ultimately be good. They live in a state of what I would to coin a new word, good enoughness. They think everything is good enough, and they don't see this need to cry out to God for his help, for his healing, for his forgiveness. The great evils of the world that we see around us every day in the headlines all rise up from this problem of irreverence, lack of fear of God, faithlessness in all relationships. Murder, rape, theft, hatred. These rise from the mildest forms of irreverence, the mildest forms of faithlessness. And Malachi says that God will deal with all of this, a burning oven for the arrogant and for the evildoers. But it sure doesn't seem that way to us. I looked up some recent statistics and found that 40% of all murders go unsolved. 50% of all assaults, unsolved. 60% of all rapes, unsolved. 80% of all robberies, unsolved. That sure inspires a lot of criminals to do the criminal things that they are doing. But nevertheless, Malachi warns, a day of judgment is coming. And not only upon them, they may be the weeds that finally result. That judgment falls upon even the seeds, even the slightest lack of reverence to God and the, and the slightest kind of unrepented faithlessness in our relationships to one another that breed ultimately these kinds of behaviors. So is there hope? When you read the prophets like Malachi, you will have to admit that the bulk of what they write is condemning evil. There's no getting around that. And so 
often the image of the prophet is. This guy with a beard and a staff yelling at people. But if you, as I said before, read them carefully, you'll notice that in the middle of all those words condemning evil, you will find their beautiful words of hope. And these words of gospel hope are like diamonds in a field. They are real and they are for everyone. These diamonds of the prophets grow into the life and to the ministry of Jesus of his apostles, and of the Christian church. Behind me is the altar window, and I know because we're at this time of the year when it's dark outside, you can't see much of it. I hope hope that if you're not a new visitor here and you've been here before, you'll remember uh, the colors of that window. When this church was built, we asked the artist uh, uh, to prepare or design a window for word and sacrament and particularly the gospel of Jesus. At the very top of that window, when the sun is shining in full daylight, there is a blaze of orange ball at the top. And that blaze at the top of that window is taken from this passage, Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. The son of righteousness, the promise of a Messiah, rising with healing in his wings, a healing that he dispenses to us through the written word of the prophets and of the apostles and of his son, Jesus, of God's son, Jesus himself, anchored for us as well in the gift of baptism and in the gift of Holy Communion. When you read the Bible cover to cover, asking yourself, where is their hope? Where is their forgiveness? Where is their salvation? You find it in those three places, in the words of the gospel, in the promises of baptism, and in the promises of the Lord's Supper. For the wicked who don't care, who live in irreverence and faithlessness, the second coming of Jesus will be like a burning oven. But for the righteous, that is, those who are sorry for their sins, those who do seek God's forgiveness in Christ, that sun will come like a healing sun to put away all the diseases of sin and all of its effects. Everything in between the time of Jesus' ascension into heaven and of Jesus' second coming on the last day is a day is a time for us to remember, as Malachi tells us, the law of Moses, particularly the Ten Commandments. Elijah We're told later on in the New Testament that John the Baptist was the one who came in the spirit of Elijah as Malachi ends his prophecy there. Of Jesus, who will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the children to their fathers. That is to renew faithfulness again in our relationships. As I was studying for this message, I came across an interesting quote from a Bible. It's called the Reformation Heritage King James Version Study Bible Notes. Long title. Uh, Probably you'll never remember it. But this is a beautiful phrase about Malachi. This world is the best thing the wicked will ever know. This world is the worst thing the righteous 
will ever know. Eternity sets everything right. And it is better to be prepared for eternity than to be prosperous in time. Prophet Malachi calls us to that preparation by looking to the Son of Righteousness who rises with healing in His wings, that Son we know to be Jesus of Nazareth, God's Son and our Savior. In His name, Amen. Please rise.